Welcome to the Stoic Sage. In this podcast, we are dedicated to using past knowledge tested by time to empower people of today. This podcast series includes discussions around modern challenges utilizing wisdom from nearly 2,000 years ago with the goal of bringing about how to think rather than what to think. Welcome to the journey to sagehood. To the rational being, only the irrational is unendurable, but the rational is endurable. Epictetus Hello, my fellow Stoics. Are you conspiracy theorists? I'm a conspiracy theorist at times. (laughs) I would like to know what's your guys' favorite conspiracy theory. I have a number of them, just whether they're for fun or whether I believe them to be true. But at the end of the day, conspiracy theories are shrouded in some truth. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, have you ever heard about microwaves and how staring at them can make you go blind? This was a very common one that I'm sure a lot of you have heard at some point in your households. Well, that was true, actually, at one point. General Electric, GE, made faulty microwaves that were emitting harmful rays that were hurting thousands of people. And they have since fixed it by recalling those microwaves. But that theory, this idea behind household appliances stayed. And we continue to hear them again and again. And nowadays... I hear, oh, it's because it's graded because, you know, some microwaves are graded. They have like a little black graded thing um, that's staring through those and trying to focus so hard uh, is going to make you go blind, right? That's the one that I hear too. But it originated somewhere and it originated from that. And that's what caused that whole entire craze. Now, what I'm trying to say is, It is embedded in some part of our culture as well. They do start somewhere there. They are shrouded in some truth. And that truth in this example being there were faulty microwaves that were being sold to the public. Now, what's interesting is the origin of the term conspiracy theorist, which was coined by the U.S. CIA. And this was during the whole Roswell uh, crash that made people believe in aliens I love a cool conspiracy theory. I mean, just to listen to them, right? But as a Stoic, it's important to keep an open mind for wisdom that comes in all shapes and forms. Some conspiracy theories can provide wisdom to prepare for future events. Conspiracy theories a lot of times cause a lot of fear, though. So that's the core of this topic. How a Stoic turns fear into prudence. These theories... We don't have to accept as fact, but we can seek to understand their origin and thus pull wisdom from them with logic and reason. For example, this is one of my more interesting um, conspiracy theories that eh, I don't know if I really believe in, but it's interesting to talk about. So, for example, have you guys ever heard of HARP? H-A-A-R-P. If you haven't heard of HARP, it's basically a government organization that has the technology to control the weather all around the world and has the potential to create also earthquakes. 
Now, in the end, is this really true? Well, HARP does exist, the organization, and the government project is still continuing its work, and they do perform tests involving the weather. But the theory behind this is that they will use the technology to control populations and other governments or to topple cultures or to control people and, and all that stuff, right? Which is really interesting. At first glance, a Stoic would take this theory and think, well, we cannot confirm this theory is true or not. We also cannot confirm if we will be impacted by this possibility. Therefore, I should not worry about this topic and should remain indifferent to it. This is completely logical and for the most part, a proper way of thinking. However, for those who do believe or if you have a hint of doubt, what is an additional step to dealing with the stress associated with this conspiracy theory? So I live in California. Drought and earthquakes are the main things that would impact me. So if I were to stress about this particular conspiracy theory and HARP decides to topple and, and try to destroy the economy of California, whatever. An additional step to prepare for the storm or the earthquake that would be is by getting a go bag prepared in the event that a major earthquake hits California. Stock up on extra water. Get water purification tablets and read up on weather water gathering methods, all of which are not entirely excessive in doing since it would require, it wouldn't really require major funding on my, on, by my part to do all of this preparation. Now, this is how you turn fear into prudence. You are controlling the fear by preparing in a reasonable way, not excessively, you know, as far as, oh, I'm going to try to, um, <laughs> Spend all my days trying to research HARP and then really forget about my life or that becomes a core personality trait of mine, which is discussing HARP and trying to tell people about it like that, that, that maybe be going too excessive, you know, or trying to spend thousands upon thousands of dollars on over the top preparedness type of stuff. That's another thing that you could do as, as form, as a form of excessive preparedness, but once you have prepared and the mind is now still, allow the conspiracy theory to fall in the cabinets of your mind and move on. Moderate your mind moving forward. And this is how you turn fear into prudence, understanding that oh, it's just a theory, but I'm going to prepare for it just in case because I do have a sense of doubt in there. I do have a sense of fear, so I'm going to prepare. And now, if the future... If, if our fate is that HARP will one day do that, then at least I have prepared for the storm ahead of time. Now, before we get into the goal of dissecting conspiracy theories, have you guys heard of the exclusive content from the Stoic Sage podcast? In addition to the two episodes a week, we'll be releasing exclusive weekly episodes that discuss morality, modern politics, and general controversy. This week's episode will be on man versus women or how to get into relationships and really the discussion between masculinity and femininity. As Stoics, it's important to expose and practice our virtue with even the most challenging of topics. 
And this exclusive content will be available to those who sign up via the link in the bio. All episodes will be ad-free and unfiltered, just as much as the Ancient Stokes were with their opinions. By signing up, you are tremendously supporting the show, and these additional episodes will be live every Friday. You will be able to see them when they are posted, but they will be locked and or unavailable depending on the podcasting platform that you are using. I'm very excited to be presenting these episodes, and I thank you all for your continued support thus far. So, moving forward with conspiracy theories, the goal is to dissect what is behind the curtains of conspiracy theories themselves. Why do they arise? What are they trying to portray? Who benefits from this theory? And do they stand up against logic and reason? Now, let's use another example so I can help, so we can dissect this a little bit more and understand the how portion. And let's use the previous one as it relates to the grander scheme. Instead of California earthquakes, let's go a little bit bigger. Climate change. Some theorists would say climate change doesn't exist. Some say humans are not impacting the change. Some say it's an impending doom. Whichever your position is on the matter, the best way to begin is with the truth and with what knowledge we currently have. We look to the experts who 98% say that humans are contributing to climate change. Great. That's one fact we can, we can go off of. Now, I know some of you may say the 98% figure is outdated, which I totally understand. But for the sake of argument, let's keep going. Now, a big arching idea behind tackling climate change is this big push to remove plastics and waste, as well as reduce CO2 levels. Great. That's a fantastic thing for us to do. Well, we have been pushing towards that since the late 70s and have only been getting better. However, there is something interesting that's taking place. Why is there a push on only the United States and the EU nations to solve the world's climate problem? Because the next question we should ask are, based on the relative size of one's nation, the U.S. and all of the EU nations have been doing a phenomenal job. Yet the plastics and CO2 levels seem to be either steady or rising, depending on which research paper you're looking at. So then we should say, what about the other nations then? And for some reason, many nations in Africa, China and India are not being brought up in the conversation. Why though? Is this not a global issue? Now, let's look at the numbers real quick. When And when we come to find out about all these numbers is that 98% of plastic waste and CO2 levels are coming from underdeveloped nations. So the question then arises, is it a first world problem or is it a third world problem? If it's the latter, then a lack of innovation seems to be contributing to the climate change issue, right? More questions can follow that, such as, well, how do we help them? Or, or should they be held responsible? Or should we even help them? Now, the, obviously, I'm just proposing questions, right? And there are definitely side tangents that I could take on each of those statements that I did make. But the point is, how do we dissect it? How do we move through the curtains with regards to this particular topic revolving around this conspiracy theory. The vegan movement, for example, will say that, it, that it's the meat industry, but the meat industry actually plays a huge role in our overall ecosystem. And not only that, but 
but, but, but like back to the innovation portion of how we produce, the U.S. produces more meat with less waste and CO2 compared to India. So the U.S. is actually more efficient in their production, all while reducing waste and CO2. Again, goes back to the lack of innovation, not necessarily this shift to veganism that will save the planet. There are a couple things that are also interesting about this whole vegan movement because the meat industry tends to take the biggest hit, right? Which is to say, oh, well, all that feed can... They're just feeding our plant-based food over to these animals. But that's not necessarily true because 98% of the feed that we do feed cows is actually non-edible. And what do I mean by non-edible? That's, are you going to eat corn husk? No, probably not. <laughs> for pistachios, are you going to eat the casings? No. For peanuts, are you going to eat the casings? No. There's a lot of byproduct that we eat that we don't realize that, you know, where is it going to go? It's got to go somewhere. Yeah, it can go into compost, but it's a lot faster and more efficient if we feed the cows to create our compost. And by doing so, you're also able to get some meat into the market. It's all as it's all it, it plays a very large role is what I'm saying when you when you put the meat industry in the grand scheme of things, when you put it into context of how our overall ecosystem works. And not only that, but if you're also looking at, for example, water. Now, a really big thing that people like to say is like, oh, we're well, we're wasting water and, and whatnot. But it takes a lot more water to process and grow plants than it does to actually feed cows. So who is a bigger contributor? And not only that, but then it goes back to this question of, oh, well, we're actually killing animals. It's like, but you have to destroy the habitats of many animals when you create large scale um, plantations. So at the end of the day, like you can go back and forth all you want. But how efficient are you? There's going to be a downside to something. There are, as I've always said, many truths. But which is the best truth to live by? Which is the best, best truth to go by? That's the bigger question that we have to ask because we're never going to reach utopia. And again, we could argue all day about this topic. But let's get back to my point. Now, when it comes to opening the curtain of conspiracy theories, how many questions did I ask? When you're looking, when you're reviewing the podcast again, if you listen to it, how many questions did I ask? Not only how many questions, but what stance did I take? All questions were to the point of finding the truth, not my truth, and not trying to find my narrative, but the truth. You see, when it comes to conspiracy theories, you should remain indifferent to the outcome of what you may find, even if you don't like it. The truth will not always look pretty, and the truth will at times destroy preconceived notions. But this is how we calm ourselves and prevent ourselves from going down a rabbit hole with a tinfoil on our heads. That's how you turn fear into prudence. Not trying to avoid one particular truth by convincing yourself of a different narrative, of one that you feel you have control over, right? That's not what you should really be doing. You should remain indifferent to what the outcome actually is and understand whatever truth does come my way, because I don't know it just yet, but whatever truth does come my way, I will accept it as it is. 
And all I can do in this present moment is prepare in the best way that I can based on the factual information that I have today. Because we're always going to learn new things. We're all more information is going to keep coming in. We're going to keep doing research. That's what we're good at. But we have to remain indifferent to what the future holds for us. That's the way we should be tackling these conspiracy theories, especially when you get a little fearful of them. The final thing I want to say about conspiracy theories is to remember to stay headstrong. Always question the narrative with the sole purpose of getting closer to the truth, regardless of what, the, what that truth may be. Thank you for listening in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help out the show. If you would like to check out Stoic Sage merch or read about the blog, please go to stoicsage.co. Also, give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook. Lastly, don't forget to become a member for our new exclusive Stoic Sage episodes. You can sign up using the link in the bio. I wish you well, fellow Stoics, on your path to sagehood. Thank you.